look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, in verse 1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now it's important for you to understand that word perilous means dangerous. So he's, he's warning Timothy, young Timothy, listen, there are going to be in the, at the end of this thing, there's going to be some dangerous times. Why? Because of things we're going to start see taking place in churches. They're supposed to be the bride of Christ, representing spreading the gospel. We're going to see things taking place that are drawing man away from God, not drawing man to God, and that's dangerous. Look what he says. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. See, that tells us the world has no form of godliness. These are those who just have a form, but they're in churches all across America and the world, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Why? He tells us, verse 6, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janez and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. And here's what I want you to grab hold of. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I'm grateful to be in your house, God. I have already been blessed in my heart, Father, through the singing and just the fellowship, those that have come out today, God. But we need you right now, God. I need you. I can do nothing without you. Please, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, God, would you touch me? Help me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. There are times that, and I know you've had this happen, we all have if you've studied your Bible for any period of time. But there are times that we think we know something. We think we know what it means. But then as we study our Bible, we realize we had no idea what that meant. We really did not have any idea. Or we didn't have it right at all. And I think a lot of times... Uh, that can happen, especially today, if we do not think biblically when it comes to how we operate as Christians in this world. We're living in an insane world. It's crazy. It is a strange world. We're living in 2020. We're living in a strange world. And the philosophies, the thinking, the lifestyles, uh, it is far out there. There are some of you in this building that you have seen in your lifetime the change that has taken place in individuals, in families, in young people, in our society, in churches. You could go back and say, Preacher, I have seen a lot of change. And where we are today is weird. It's strange. It's not sane. It's insane. And listen, we've got to make sure because we're living in this world, we have got to think biblically. We've got to behave biblically because here's what's happening. The philosophies and thinking of today is beginning to infiltrate churches and it's having a terrible effect. Look, we don't have control over the world. I've said this before, but we do have control over this church. Amen. What do you mean by that, preacher? What we do and what we believe and how we base everything off of the Word of God. And uh, look, I am as, as, as your pastor, as a pastor of Old Pass Baptist Church, I am responsible to God for how we conduct ourselves, what we teach, what we preach, what we live by. And we as a body of believers, we're responsible to operate with a sound mind and holy discernment even in an insane world. Right. It's no excuse What's taking place out there for the way we are to behave as Christians and people of God today in this world. And the world, listen, here's, here's one of the problems. The world today and people today, they want every, every, I guess you could say, thing God has to offer. We sing about some of those things. We heard about some of those things. And the world wants all God has to offer. The only problem is they don't want God. They don't want the Lord. That's not going to happen. 
You can't have the things of God without the Lord. Here's what I want to I want to preach to you with just a, just a little bit of time today with the help of God and, and with this thought it's coming out of verse 8 reprobate concerning the faith. Reprobate concerning the faith. Now, immediately when we think about reprobation, we think about reprobate, reprobate minds, uh, it automatically goes to the Sodomites because we know in Romans, God turned them over to a reprobate mind and in today, but listen, that's not the only people, it's not the only thing, we've looked at some things that are reprobate. And so we better understand that, okay? There are two things that have crept into churches today from the world that have become very dangerous as what Paul was instructing Timothy, and that's this, what we're seeing today that is being detrimental to churches and Christianity and our outreach on a lost world is people think this, as long as they have their doctrine right, they can live however they want. That is not biblical and is not true. Amen? Now... You're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you look over at 2 Timothy chapter 4, look what it says in verse, verse 2. I'm going to read these verses. I know for some of you, you've heard this. Some of you have not. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here as I could and I have before, but I want to spend enough time for you to understand it and get it, but we are going to move on. But it says this, in, in Paul's instruction to Timothy, he says, preach the word. We still need that today, amen? amen. We need preachers. We need preachers to preach the Word. Amen. We don't need just teachers. We need preachers. We need to teach and preach the Word, but we need preaching. Amen. What's the difference, preacher? Here's the difference. Teaching will just give you a great knowledge to fill in your head, but preaching will bring you to a point of, of, of decision. It'll bring you to under conviction. It'll bring you to those areas in your life where you'll change your life and you're living for the glory of God. Amen. And He instructs him, preach the Word, be instant, in season, out of season. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And then he says this, and what? What does he say there? And doctrine. Correct. But then he goes on and says, for the time will come when they will not endure, what does he say? Sound doctrine. Now that's very, very important for us to understand. He says, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables, stories. It seems like more and more we're getting today where churches are becoming entertainment centers, they're becoming hangouts, they're becoming a place where they can come and go and feel comfortable. There's no difference between what they've experienced throughout the week and what they're experiencing in the house of God and entertain me, preacher, and be good to me. And there's men today that they can do a whole lot better job than I am of bringing forth something and they'll make people laugh and they'll entertain them through the point. But I'm telling you, we need preaching, amen. We need doctrine and we need to understand what sound doctrine is, that it develops that in our lifestyle, amen, and it's important because there's going to come the time, and I believe we're in it, where they will not be able to swallow nor endure sound doctrine. What is that then? Well, there's a difference. If, if we see it here, doctrine, sound doctrine, there's a difference between doctrine and sound doctrine. Doctrine is a knowledge. It's a knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. It's a knowledge of truth. Alright? Sound doctrine, it's not what you have between your ears, but it's how you've lived your life. That knowledge you've gained, the truth you've gotten, how has it impacted your life? It should impact it in a way that it be it changes your behavior by that truth and that doctrine you've gotten, that you're now living it for the glory of God. It's being lived out in your life. You realize today that there are people all over that they will agree with every bit of doctrine we have on our website our statement of faith, but you cannot get them to handle sound doctrine at all. Right. What do you mean, preacher? They'll say this, look, ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. You start preaching on sin, don't, don't get in my backyard, preacher. Look, I'm fine with the virgin birth. I'm fine with the resurrection. I'm fine with the rapture. I'm fine with, with the truth of all of these things. I'm fine with the King James Virgin Bible. But don't you begin to tell me what kind of husband I need to be to my wife. Don't you challenge me on that. Don't you tell me what kind of young person I should be in the world today, preacher. Hey, listen, I'm young and you're old and I'm not that old. But I am old. I'm feeling it. But listen, they can't... Hey, they'll agree on all the doctrine, but they're not having no part in the sound doctrine. No part whatsoever. And we see there in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 4, he mentions that. Look, we, we have had and we will have people come into Old Paz Baptist Church and, and they'll believe everything we have on our website and our statement of faith. But when it comes to the doctrine, they'll carry the right Bible, they'll listen to the right music, they'll quote Scripture, uh, they'll partake in the services, but they will not endure sound doctrine. 
And let me tell you how important sound doctrine is. Go to the book of Titus. The book of Titus. You're flipping one book over. And in Titus chapter 1, look in verse 9. It says, Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by... What is he saying here? Now remember... Go ahead, we can participate a little bit. Sound doctrine is what the Bible says. Remember understanding doctrine of sound doctrine? It's not just talking about your knowledge. What's making the difference here is their living. Okay? Their behavior that by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convince who? The gainsayers, the non believers. For there are many unruly. And vain talkers and deceivers, especially of those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped. Do you understand the importance of understanding doctrine? Yes. But sound doctrine is this, that that life we live outside of this church has an effect on those who do not yet believe in Jesus. Right. Well, it doesn't matter how I live, preacher. As long as I love the Lord, I'm on my way to heaven. That is not right. But churches are teaching and preaching all over. Look, you cannot argue with a changed life. You've got to silence the gainsayers. You've got to. How do we do that? By the life we live. The obedience of this Bible. That doctrine we know, the obedience of that. Amen? You realize this? Listen, this Bible is full of facts and truth. And there are some things in here it's easy to, hey, I understand that. I can do that. Check that off. There are some things in here you go, why would that do? That's hard. Let me, uh, I, I'm in my Bible reading, but I'll go here. I like this one. <laughs> I ain't going to do that. There are some truths. The Word of God, it's hard for us to obey. That's right. It's hard for us to live. But it doesn't mean we don't do it. Amen. 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 It doesn't mean that we skip it. We've got to sound doctrine and saying, all right, God, even if you don't understand it all again, God, I may not understand it completely, but this is what your word says. The preacher's made that clear. That is what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. Now, go to verse 16. We're just going to move. I'm, I'm going to move. I've got some ground to cover. I told the girls coming to the church, I said, listen, we'll, we'll do two songs. Mom's not here, we'll do two songs. And I've got a lot of ground to cover. And they went, oh, no. <laughs> I said, come on. Hey, we didn't know what that means. Hey, man, we're going to cover some ground, all right? Verse 16, Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Look what it says here. They profess that they know God. Sound familiar to people? Everybody knows going to heaven. Everybody knows Jesus. Everybody, but not everybody's living there. Look what it says. But in works, you know what that word, you know what that word means? That's sound doctrine. That's behavior. That's that is your living. They deny him being abominable and disobedient unto every good work. What does that mean? What does it say? Reprobate. So now we've got to understand something. Understanding doctrine and sound doctrine is very, very important. You've got to understand something too. Reprobate in a reprobate mindset is important because listen, it can not only be to those who don't believe, but it can also be to those that believe and are saved. A reprobate thinking. What it means in the Bible is this. It doesn't, it doesn't have to do as much with what you profess that you believe as much as it does with how are you living what your profession. Right. Is your walk matching your talk? Amen? Amen? Look, we didn't get to where we are today, and I believe probably most of you in here, if not all of you in here, will say, listen, I'm thankful to be an American, and I am, but we've got some things in this country that are messed up. That's right. Now, I could get on the rabbit trail and go for a long, long time, but we've got too much ground to cover, so I'm not. But you in your own mind can understand there are things taking place today that just baffle my mind. There are things taking place today that I'm seeing in our society with young people, with married people, with men, with women, things that are taking place today in school systems that rattle my mind. But I'm telling you, we did not get to that point overnight, and we didn't get to that point because people didn't believe in the Trinity, they didn't believe in the deity of Christ, they didn't believe in the second coming, they didn't believe in the virgin birth. We got to that position because somewhere along the line, churches decided, churches themselves that are supposed to be the light in the dark world, decided it didn't matter as much as how you live, as long as you've got the doctrine nailed down, it's okay because Jesus loves you anyway. That's not true. It matters, amen. Today, the let anybody preach. 
Amen. The Bible's very specific on who can and who can, who's qualified and not qualified. But we're not going to worry about that anymore because we're in a new day. Listen, God said, I change not. Amen. 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 Well, he, he brings a good sermon. Yeah, but how's he live his life outside of that pulpit? That matters. I don't care how good of a preacher he is, if he's not living this Bible, he has no business being in the pulpit. And I'm listen, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that men should be perfect. I understand that. But there should be some godliness and holiness and some discernment and sound doctrine evident in the life of a man of God as he gets up and is supposed to lead people in the direction of God and God's ways. Amen? Today they have bad living it's unchallenged. As long as your doctrine's right. Now, you believe in the deity? We should believe in the deity of Christ. It's important. You believe that Jesus is born of a virgin? You should. Well, okay, live however you want. That's not, that's not Bible. You know what's happening? They're having a hard time now preaching things. How are those churches that are doing that, how are they going to get up and rebuke being a drunkard or, 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 or fornication or adultery when they got members in their church and leadership in their church? They're doing those things. Having fun yet? <laughs> I told the men we prayed back there. I said, "Look, we've got visitors." I said, "Every time God, I believe God tests me, says, so is He going to preach, or is He going to tiptoe?" Amen. Amen. We got to drop the plow this morning. Right. Listen, if you tell me you love the Bible, you believe the Bible, we're preaching the Bible. Amen. 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 Reprobate conduct in the church among believers. Reprobate conduct in the church among preachers, leaders in the church. But our doctrine's right. Yeah, but you know what? You're having no effect in this world. When you go to your job, you go to that nightclub they're going to, you laugh at those dirty jokes like they do, you have that mouth just like they do, you're chewing that tobacco like they are, smoking them cigarettes like they are, drinking that beer like they are, but then you want to plug in Jesus somewhere along the line. Listen, they're not having it. Right. Amen. They're not having it. Amen. Right. Reprobate mindset makes us ineffective when you're trying to deal with a, a world that God said in Romans He turned them over to a reprobate mind. You don't start reprobate, but the choices, decisions, lifestyles, God then turns them over to a reprobate mind. When we're trying to deal with a people like that, who've been turned over to a reprobate mind, we need to understand something then. And listen, that, that we go into the world and we're trying to then uh, give them the truth, and they go, why am I listening to you? You live just like I live. You look just like I look. You do the same things I do. If your God's so great, why didn't He change you? I'm telling you, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's right. You can't argue with a changed life. And we've got churches today that are picking and choosing what sins to be against and what sins not to preach against and what sins to be okay with. And listen, the world looks at that and they say, you know what, don't rebuke us. Don't come to us with it. We, that's just, you're just a cheap imitation of what we've already got. You're as guilty as we are. Does that make sense? Right. We're seeing it. How does it happen, preacher? When all you're concerned about is having your doctrine right and nothing else, that's what happens. Now, once people think as long as their doctrine's right and they can live however they want, the second problem comes in. Two main problems. They become reprobate concerning the faith. What do you mean, preacher? Well, go back to the original text. I should have told you to mark it. But if you're there, if you have marked it, go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. If you're not, you can turn back there. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, I want to show you something. And here's something else. Often we think, we immediately, how often do we, when we hear certain things, boom, we engage our mind in an avenue, and that's it. Now, reprobate concern of the faith could be that, hey, they are a non-believer. They don't believe. 
But that's not the only thing when it comes to reprobate concerning the faith. And I'm going to show you from the Word of God. Look what he says here in verse 8 of chapter 3. Now as Janez and Jambres, remember the two men that withstood Moses when Moses went before Pharaoh, him and Aaron, hey, let our people go. And uh, they threw down the stick and it became a serpent. The others became a serpent. They, those magicians did all those things and they kept matching it, kept matching it until what? When he made the ground turn into lice, when he produced life, they couldn't do it anymore. They told Pharaoh, look, that's God. And we've got a lot of things today that are reprobate. They, 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 are, they are replicas of what God is and God's people are doing. But I'm telling you, it doesn't produce life. Jesus is the author and provider of life. And when you become born again and you realize I need Him more than anything in my life and you repent of your sins and you put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, you receive everlasting life. You receive that eternal life in Christ. You become His. Hallelujah. And that's only going to come through Him. Amen? There's a lot of things churches are replicating today, but they cannot replicate life. Why? Because Jesus is the only holder of it. But in verse 8 it says, Janez and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds. And then it says, talking about Janez and Jambres, reprobate concerning the faith. Listen, I'm wanting to get to a place, so stay with me all the way through this, but you have to understand these things to get to what I want to finish off this morning. But I'm telling you, all that's going to matter one day is two things. Not only what you've done with Jesus, that's the first thing. How did you live that life for Him after you became saved? In the end, in the end, our living will be proven to either be real or reprobate. God's Word, listen, God, do you believe God's Word superior? Yes, sir. Amen. Jason's the only one who believes God's Word superior. Amen. Amen. Yes. This Bible is our final authority. Old Pastor right. Baptist Church, this Bible should be the final authority of every church, every individual, every child of God. It is superior to, listen, you've got to get out of this mindset. Well, I've been taught all my life. I, listen, the way you've been taught may not be right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying stacked up against this Bible will determine if it's right or not. Right. Amen? And here it is. God's Word is always superior. Listen, people don't have a reprobate mind. God gives them over to that reprobate mind. What is reprobate? What is reprobation? It's God examining all the evidence. I'm just going to try, to try to boil it down as best I can for it to understand. He's examining all the evidence and he's finding there's nothing of value in that at all. So it's, it's comparing it to the Word of God and it cannot stand up. Let me tell you something. Do you realize in the end for us as believers we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and our life we lived after a child of God is going to be compared? It's going to be put to the fire? I sure would hate to stay in there. Brother Richard, I would hate to stay in there after all the years of serving God after I've been saved and stand before the Lord and there will be nothing of value for Him. Something I'm fearful of as a preacher. I, I, I try my best. I'll study and, and, and God's, God's showing me things, but I'll bounce it off of other men of God I respect and I'll say, hey, Help me out here. Let me run this by you. You want to know why? I don't want to lead y'all down the wrong path. Scares me to death. Scares me to death. Listen, do you know how many people today are sitting in churches and they're being misled by the man standing behind this pulpit? They're victims. They're not being taught. They're not being shown right. They're not being given truth. They're not being led in the right way. I'm telling you, it scares me to death. At times, I, I'm fearful to know that I've, I've preached something or directed you in a way and it's not right. But I'm telling you, I may not know much, but I know what I'm talking about. I promise you, listen, God, show me this. We need to understand this truth because it's affecting churches everywhere. Right. Everywhere. We better understand it. One day we're going to stand before Him if we're saved. It's going to be put to the test. Our life we lived for the Lord. Look, I don't want my family to be reprobate. I don't be fake. I, I don't want my labor to be reprobate. Amen. You realize, Brother Jason, if, if I serve God with the wrong heart, that's reprobate. 
If I have a bad attitude when I'm delivering something, that's reprobate. When God puts that thing to the test, it's going to burn up with it. Things we, we do, our labor. Look, I don't want our church to be reprobate. Well, we're busy. We should be busy. But we need to be busy doing the things of God according to the Word of God. Just because it has Jesus' name on it today doesn't mean it's right. We've got a lot of things out here today that are deceptive. Not according to the Word of God. We have to understand that. I can be fully active and be reprobate. Remember what reprobation means. Being put to the test, going through the fire, but notwithstanding. When all is said and done, God is going to examine and it's going to be by fire and He's going to find, is there anything of value in that fire? There's going to come today. Listen, the Lord's going to put it to the test. Man, how horrible is it going to be if you're standing before Jesus? You're seeing the scars that He took in His body so you could be in heaven. Say, how obedient were you to me that I could reach those lost people? Oh well, I, I loved you, Lord. I'm very thankful that you saved me, but I, those ball games are more important to me. Sharing the gospel. That's right. How do you think it's going to feel? Well, I. I mean, I, I intended to, to give missions. and I mean, I really like it. The missionaries sacrifice home. I've got four dogs. There are some people put, hey, they spend more on dog food than they do mission. Look, I love dogs. We got dogs. We got five dogs. I <laughs> my wife's listen, five. <laughs> Not of my choosing. That's a lot of dog food. I'm for dogs. But it ain't going to matter in heaven. That's right. Amen. 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 Well, I did so much for you, Lord. I labored. I stood the line. I was firm. Yeah, but you did it with such a rotten heart. You drove people away. You didn't drive people to you. Amen. Well, I, I did some neat things and I, I saw some great places and made a name for myself and I'm not saying nothing wrong with that stuff. But listen, what are you doing for the accomplishment and the glory of God? Well, now listen, Time's flying, so we're not going to turn there. But Jeremiah chapter 6, you don't have to turn there unless you want to, but I'm just going to quickly, because I've got it marked. I'm going to, I, this helps you understand reprobate. It helps you understand what I'm saying. I want to make sure you're understanding I'm preaching the Bible. Where does God get rep- What I'm defining to you, how do we know? In, in Jeremiah chapter 6, as God was dealing with His people, He had the prophet Jeremiah speak to them. And Jeremiah said this in verse 30, Reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. What is He talking? He's talking about this. That definition of a reprobate, not enduring the truth, not enduring the trial, being rejected. Listen, He was giving the mindset, and this helps us understand that back then, let's say Brother Jason came to me and said, hey, I want to sell you this. This is a bunch of silver. It's in, it's in the form of a rock. The only way I could tell if what he had was really silver is I would put it in the fire. I'd put it in a furnace. And everything that wasn't silver would burn up. Turn into a dust. A charcoal. But that which was silver would remain. You know what he was saying to his people? Listen, you can say all you want, but one day it's going to go underneath the test and what will come out that's real and what's going to be nothing more than ashes. Amen? And that gives us the understanding of what we're talking about. Listen, God, it doesn't matter as much as what you say. And I understand our words are important as far as what you have done. 
We've got people today, they will say everything. Listen, when I was lost, I knew the right things to say. When I was lost, I could quote you verses. I could sing the songs we sing today. I knew my books of the Bible. My grandfather was a preacher, but I was as lost, Miss Cindy, as lost could be. Reprobate. But thank God one day, through the preaching of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, I fell under conviction. One more time, hallelujah. And I'm thankful for the one more time. I'm thankful He doesn't give up on us at the very first time, amen. And I fell under conviction and I called upon God to save me, amen. We've got people that will say anything today, but listen, it's almost like, don't tell me, show me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. We were there. I should have told you to mark it. Just mark it. We might even come back. It says, in verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, Janus and Jan Briggs, I want to show you this. What are some things we're seeing that are reprobate today? This is some of, even for some of you that heard some of this. This is new stuff here, so pay attention. Not that you weren't, right? But but listen, here's what it says. Now as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Now listen, Moses was a teacher of God, was he not? Janice and Jambres, they taught idols. They pushed Pharaoh. They did those things. You know it doesn't say they're bad teachers. It doesn't say that they were bad leaders. It doesn't say that they were bad, uh, that they were just stunk at what they did. They, they weren't talented. They were. But listen, when we see the fruit of their teaching, when we see what it did to people, what they taught, look what it says there. Now, Genesis and Jambres withstood Moses. That's some of the fruit. They were against the man of God. So do these also resist the truth. They were resisting truth. And there were others that were listening to them. And guess what they started doing? Resisting truth. That's fruit of what they're teaching. When we begin seeing the teaching and the lives of those that they're teaching go that way, that's when God says, that's reprobate. You know what we've got today? We've got men mounting pulpits. They're great teachers. They're great speakers. They can bring in a crowd, but what they're teaching... Listen, they're not drawing people to Christ. They're driving them away. Amen. If it drives people away from God, it's reprobate. If it causes disobedience to His Word, it's reprobate. I don't care how many churches are doing I don't care how popular it's gotten, it's reprobate. I'm not going to have a band up here and, and sound like something you've heard on Friday night and, put, and just sing songs about Jesus. It's reprobate. Well, tell me, how, I'll say, hey, I'll take you to some Bible. You show me Bible where that supports that. It's feeding carnality when it produces carnality and it's fleshly. And listen, it causes fleshly satisfaction. That's reprobate. The result of Janice and Jambres leading people away in the wrong direction, God says they and those who followed them were reprobate. You know what we should be doing? We should be drawing closer to God. We should be drawing closer to God, learning better obedience to God. Amen? You agree? Amen. Remember I preached a message on the, on the moon in the church? What, what a picture of the local church, the moon. It reflects the light of the sun. It has power. Hallelujah. Amen? Right. It has a purpose. The purpose, that moon has no light. It's just reflecting the sun. Guess what? We have no light. We're just earthen vessel. But the one that lives in us, since we're born again, guess what? People ought to see Jesus in us. Amen. It's not us, but it's Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's the purpose. That power is what? It overrides the night. For those of us that are hunters in here, we know, listen, we get on the night when the clouds are in front of the moon, you've got to have something to find your way to your stand with a light. But I'm telling you what, on a full moon, you can put that light away. You can walk right into the woods because you probably don't see no deer that have been up all night. But anyway, still go. I mean, I still go, but you can walk to your stand. Why? That moon overrides the darkness. We should not be, listen, we shouldn't be driven to darkness. It's almost like we're saying, world, what do you want? Oh, the world wants this, the world wants that. Well, let's put that in our church. Let's do this. Let's preach that way. Let's teach that way now. We've got to get them in. Listen, we're to override the darkness. Amen. Amen. There's also a pool with that moon. You know why the tides two times a day 
go in and go out. That's the power of the moon. You know what holds everything together to keep us from flying apart? Gravity. You know where it comes from? The moon. Amen. I'm telling you what, people ought to be, listen to me, people ought to be drawn to the Jesus they see in our life, not driven away. I carry the right Bible, I sing the right songs, preacher, I look the right way, yeah, but you are hateful as all get out. You are ugly and hard to get along with. That's going to drive people away. Not draw people to. Jen is and Jen and Breeze, they drove people away. And God said that's reprobate. That makes sense? We've got churches that like the coffee shops. Amen. Oh, they got dynamic teaching? Bring large crowds. But examine the content of it. Examine the content of it. Examine the content of the preaching and the people that are going there. There's no repentance. There's no separation. There's no godliness. You know what you find? Worldliness, fornication, adultery. Amen. Look, I don't want to upset anybody. But you can't put hoops in your nose and your ears and say you love Jesus and you're just going to win all them people that way. Jesus, I'm sorry. That's right. Amen. 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 Oh, I don't like that preacher. I'm telling you. Amen. Amen. Good. If the end result doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's reprobate. I ain't talking about hoop earrings for you ladies and understand that. I'm talking about these guys with these. You seen them ring you out at the cash register? You just want to go up to their. Man. What are they going to look like when they grow up and they take everything out? They got ears down to their hips. What in the world? If they ever got in a fight, old man's got to do is grab that thing. He got them. I'm cool, man. I love Jesus. No, you love the world than you do, more than you do Jesus because you are more eat up with the world than you are That's looking right. right, amen. That's right. Amen. That's a rabbit trail. Let me get back. Go to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. Can I say one more thing that I will say this? This is important to say. I keep talking about the fire will try. You know what else will you know what else will try your your faith now? It's those fiery trials you go through. Man, doesn't it really reveal who we are when we go through something? It's easy to serve God and to say all the right things when everything's going good. We're on the mountaintops, you get down that valley, the bottom falls out, man. You know what it does? It's those times that really reveal who we are. It's during those times. Listen, I've watched churches like Pleasant View. I've watched Mayfield Creek. I've watched my pastor go through things. Listen, we've been through things. I'm telling you, it's when you deal with those things that it really proves what you are. Is it real or not? Amen. Brother Keith and Miss Candace with him. They went through last year with Jack. The little boy got hit by that car. I still, this day, I never will get over that phone call. And having to sit my family down and tell my son his little buddy got hit by a car and went home to Jesus and tell my wife. But I'm going to tell you something. When we went down there, we stayed with that family and they got on that porch of that house. There were so many people that came over from their church and they got that piano on the porch and started singing songs about Jesus. But Brother Keith got up, he sang about that song about Jesus. He, it's all that matters. Glory to God. Brother Kevin, that's a fire I hope I never have to go through. But I'm going to tell you, they went through it. And you know what it did? It screamed to me, they're real. They're real. They're real. What Jesus says to them is real. And that's what I want, amen. That's what I want in my life. I hope that none of us ever go through that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, listen to me, it's when we enter things like that, it's really going to determine what we are. That's right. What we're made of, amen. Amen. Titus chapter 1. Verse 16, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, every good work, reprobate. I'm going to move. I'm going to move quickly. 
People's words can be right. Their doctrine can be right. Their choir can be right. All their songs they sing can be right. Their Bible can be right. But their living is proof of what they are. The profession doesn't match the conduct. It's reprobate. Anybody can say the right things, but if there's no result in the conduct, they're reprobate. Amen? It's easy to say, I believe the Bible. I believe it's true. I believe Jesus. But if you're not allowing for Him to govern your life, you're living reprobate. Amen? Amen. I love Him, but I love my snuff too. Look, I know we battle addictions. I know the things we battle. But I'm going to tell you what, we need to turn it over to God. There are some of us in here, we battle things like that. God's the only thing that took it from us. Right. Amen? We couldn't do it on our own. Right. I love the Lord, but I'm going to dress like the world, look like the world. I'm going to... You young ladies, listen, there's nothing wrong with being modest and covering up. We're, we're living in a revealing world. I love Jesus, but I'm going to go out there and dress like the rest of them. I'm going to tell you, cover up, amen. You love Jesus, cover up. You can say anything. It's kind of like having lemon meringue pie with a lemon. I like lemon meringue pie. Who else likes lemon meringue pie? We get praised. Y'all hungry. That's what it is. I don't preach too long. Y'all ready for lunch. Well, listen, I love Could you imagine saying lemon meringue pie? Yeah. Cutting that thing. Ain't but number meringue on top. What a letdown. Right. I love Jesus! But there ain't nothing in our life That's right. that we're living and portraying Amen. that shows we're turned over to Him. In the end, that's all that's going to matter. Amen? In the end, it's not going to matter how much rock you hold, how much silver's in it. Amen? I told them Wednesday night, I think it was Wednesday night, look, my wife doesn't need to hear all the verses about being a godly man. She needs to be me, me to be a godly man. Our children, they don't need for us me to quote verses on the Bible and all we need to understand and we need to know about parents and being godly parents and good people. They just want to see it. Amen? You know what Weir's Cave? You know what Weir's Cave needs? They don't just need another building with a name, say, of a church name on it. You know what they need? You know, you know what these people need? They don't need us just to go out there and say, well, listen, here's our doctrine, and here's what we believe. They need us to live it. That's right. Amen. 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 And see the difference God's made. Hebrews chapter 13, real quick. Hebrews 13. Everybody doing all right? Amen. Time is it? Oh, we got time. We're good, man. Don't look at your watch. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. Few of you are. Hallelujah. Speak for everybody. Amen. I want, I want you to see this. This is important. I'm just, I'm just highlighting some things today that are reprobate that we, we've just accepted and then people are scratching their head, but it's, it's, it's evident. It's in the Bible. Listen to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. And, and look at verse 7 and 8. Remembering them which have the rule over you. Now who is that? That's, that's leadership, right? That could be pastors, church leaders, who have spoken unto you the Word of God. Is that good? Yeah. That's a good thing. Amen. You want to hear the Word of God, but watch this. Whoso, whose faith follow, considering, look what it says there, the end of their conversation. You know what that word means? That's your acts, your life. You know what it's saying? He didn't just teach me the right things, but He lived it. That's what He's saying here. And the Lord's saying, listen, you should not just... Here's what you need to understand, and this is why the church is so important. This is why I want to be the right church to people. Listen, you ought to be in a church where you're hearing the Word of God. Not opinions and not stories and philosophies of what they think or what they learn in their little college. I'm talking, you ought to be hearing, thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. But listen, if, if, if you're sitting in a church and He may be telling you the truth, but He's not living it, you shouldn't be there either. You ought to be in a church where you're getting the Word of God and you're seeing the Word of God being lived out. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? 
That's where we're lacking today. That's why we're not having the impact on people that are lost, that are looking for the right thing. They're looking for silver and they're just finding a wheelbarrow full of rock. Amen? Does that make sense? At the judgment seat of Christ, it's not going to be judge your doctrine. How much Bible did you know? How many verses did you have memorized? But it's going to be an examination of what you did in the life you were given after you were born again for the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. We're moving. We're moving. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Let me show you this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, he preached this long, long time. Not really, but if you can withstand this, praise God, come back. Amen. It'll be better than that. But this is important. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Look what it says, verse 1. Paul, as, as he's addressing again the court, listen to what he says here. This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent now I write to them which hereto have sinned and to all other that if I come again I will not spare. Pay attention to verse 3. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me. You know what they were saying? It's not just what you're saying we want to hear, but we want to see what you're saying in your life. Now jump down to verse 5. He says, examine yourselves though. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be, what does he say there? You're saved, but listen, you need to understand, you need to be living the truth. Living it. Examine that. Paul wrote a, a Holy Spirit inspired word of the Holy Ghost, and they said, "Listen, we'll listen to you. That's fine, but listen, we, 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 we're going to really pay attention when we see how you've lived." Amen. Don't just say, "Well, I can take a good quiz on how much Bible I know." Examine your life. How's it been going? How are you living in front of your family and your friends and other people and your coworkers and people out in the world? Anybody can say they love the Lord. But over time, it's going to be proven. How's it going to be proven? It's going to be proven by fire. Are you sure, preacher? Well, turn to 1 Corinthians 3. You're in 2 Corinthians. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to wrap it up here. But let's go ahead and go to the Word of God. Because I've been mentioning it's going to be judged by fire. Where is it, preacher? I'm going to show you from the Word of God. I think that's good, right? I should be able to prove it from the Word of God. Well, we're going to look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. He's speaking to Christians. He's talking about our, our Christian service and its reward. How will it be determined what we're reward? How will we suffer reward and loss? Here's how it's going to happen. This is judgment seat of Christ. We'll go before the Lord one day. Not our sins are going to be accounted. Listen, our sins are paid for on Calvary. This is the life you've lived, the labor you've committed for God, for the glory of God in your body since you became His. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest... For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by what? And the fire shall try every man's what? Of what sort it is. If any man's work abide with he, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet as so by fire. You've heard this statement, only one life, and it will soon pass. And what I have done for Christ will only last. That's it. That's it. When your life and my life is over, God is going, as believers, He's going to take everything we've done, put it on a conveyor belt, and run it through the furnace. Is there a conveyor belt in heaven? Well, I think it is. It's going through the fire. Here I come. I put my life on. Go through the furnace. Here's something to get out. I 
could be standing in ashes. God could have some reward that be given back to Jesus, the one who died for me Amen. and for you. Amen? That's right. Does that make sense? Amen. I don't want to stand there one day and watch all the years since I've been born again, the life God gave me after my eternal life and nothing come out on the other side. Because I lived my life for me. I lived my life for fun. I lived my life and enjoyed it. I was on my way to heaven. Yes, you get saved. You are on your way to heaven. But if that's all God cared about when you got saved, He would have taken you home to heaven that day. But He's left you here to live a life for the glory of God. Why? That others who don't believe may see and hear the truth of this Bible as He manifests Himself to other people. I don't want my life to go up in smoke. And I really don't think any of you do as well. But we need to understand what it means to be reprobate concerning the faith. Morgan, I want you to come to the piano. I know some of you ladies may have to step out because I know some of you are going to get prepared. We're getting ready to have our meal. But for the rest of us, just listen for a moment. We're going to stand to our feet in just a moment. But here's what I say. What do we do, preacher? Well, I say this. Let's see to it. Just that we're not correct on Bible doctrine. We do need to understand Bible doctrine. Let's make sure we're just not going to be able to pass some test or we can debate with the best of them. But let's say to it, listen, that we have a life that we're living for God that's going to pass the test of the fire. We'll not be found reprobate. Amen? Amen. That there will be some things in our life that were real. That God said, I saved you. You did the best you could. I put it through the fire. Here's what you've got. Amen? Let's not be reprobate concerning the faith. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Heads bowed, eyes closed as she begins to play. If you need to come, why don't you come? Make your way here.